Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. I've had several people say, you know, can you get us out at 11.30? Listen, I'm going I'm to I'm shoot for getting us out at 12.30. How's that? But uh, no, <laughs> we're going to get out as soon as we can. A lot of us going to out to eat and stuff like that. I just got, um, I don't plan on preaching long, but um, hey, anytime a preacher's got a microphone, it, you, you just don't never know. But um, I just want to share something this morning. I I, um, I started to ask Junior, you know, uh, preach today and encourage the women. You know, sometimes when it's got a just a topic or something like that on Mother's Day, I, I just feel like sometimes I don't do as good a job as what I should. But today I'm going to do that. I just want to preach this morning. I just want to encourage our women um, in this house. And um, how many remember, uh, I guess it was maybe... I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, it was the first time Pastor Bo come to his church and that he exhorted the women that night, if you remember that. And um, and so um, I just really want to just go back to that and just encourage you and just uh, thank you for what you do. How many knows our lives would not be the same if it wasn't for Mama? Lord of mercy, how many appreciate your wife and the mother? How many appreciate Jesus? Last time I checked, this is Pentecostal church. You can shout, okay? Everybody got liberty to shout, okay? All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I'm going to pull some stuff out of here. And it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable. Look at this. I'm reading out of the New King James. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, creature, that was his name. And so Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper, a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And, uh, and, and, and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for the opportunity to encourage the women of this house today, Father. And Lord, we thank you for every mom in this house, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray today that you would anoint me afresh. Help me preach good in this place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many knows that Adam had never seen a woman? So when he's speaking, he's prophesying by the Spirit of God. And he's calling out her destiny. He's saying everything about her. And he says, whoa, man. He'd never seen nothing like this in the garden. And God said it wasn't good for him to be alone. That lets me know as great as man is, 
He can't win this fight and he can't, he's not called to do this race alone. God's got somebody out there to help us, right? God's got somebody, a helpmate, someone to come alongside us, to encourage us, to, to, um, to, to help us do the call that God has on our life. I think about this, you know, and I've got a lot of thoughts on me, and I think a lot about uh, Stanton. You posted that, right? This, uh, t- tell the people right quick. Tell the people right quick if they don't know. Oh, yeah. I, th- I thought he said I posted something. I don't know what I posted. But anyway, yeah, me and Abby got engaged um, this past this past Friday night. So, thank you. Give it up for him. So listen, when I was thinking about it, and I was, I, was, I was watching them last night, how God knows our destiny. He knows exactly what He called us and what He placed us in the earth to do. And think about this. God handpicks, He searched the earth, and He handpicks that person to put alongside of you that the woman is, is there as a comparable helper. Look at this. One of the things that I think that I, we've allowed culture to say is that women are weak. And I've even heard preachers, you know, that, that, that women are... The Bible never says she's weak. It says to treat her as a weaker vessel, but there's nothing weak about the woman. That is a powerhouse setting right there. My God, fully capable of laying the same hands I got, casting out devils. Listen, but now when it comes, we know that to treat her as a weaker vessel. Now if we play in football, you with me? Or I don't, have, I don't tell her, you know, if I got to have a 12-foot stepladder or whatever. Hey, Catherine, you go out and get the stepladder. But there's nothing weak about her. And that God creates, he, he created this man to be in the garden. And Adam was tilling the ground. He was already, listen, there's so much in this that... <clears throat> Preaching 30 minutes, I got her, but he's tilling the ground. He's already walking his, his responsibilities. In other words, he's he's maturing as a man. Are you with me? He's got a strong relationship with God. He's meeting God at the cool of the evening. And every time that the that God is not with him in the cool of the day, God notices something. There's something longing, something missing with Adam. And he said, You know what? It's not good that he should be alone. I'm gonna create someone, I'm gonna create someone that will walk with him, and it'll be just like I'm walking with him in the cool of the day, 24 hours a day. And so he creates this woman and this woman. And what happens in the garden is there's synergy created. There's momentum created. And that's what I said to Stanton last night. I said, that, man, when you guys get married, there's no slowing down. There's just a momentum that'll take force and, and you'll just keep moving. And so now Adam looks at Eve. He prophesies over her. And look, he says, for a man shall what leave his mother and father and cling unto his wife. And, and she's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Now she was later on after the fall, Adam prophesies over her again, and he says that you're not going to be called woman anymore. You're going to be called Eve, the mother of all living. And when he released that name over her, is that's what gave her the ability to give birth, and she became pregnant with uh, Cain and Abel. Now I want us to go to Proverbs chapter 31. So the woman that God give us is no weak vessel but a strong vessel a comparable helper as Junior says a lot of times that the man provides structure in a house but the woman provides the warm side 
the nurturing part. I know that Catherine a lot of times says in our house that, you know, the call of God on our lives, God calls us all different, right? And for what it, those that know me around me, God just built me like a bulldog, man. I just light into anything I do. I, lock, I latch on it with both jaws. And a lot of times there's not a lot of softness <laughs> in, in me. You know, sometimes I get broken by the Spirit of the Lord or whatever, but I'm just, just what it is. And so that Catherine says, sometimes I see why God gave us boys and not girls, because sometimes you would break them. And that's the way that the, the man is. But the woman provides that nurturing side. I've never seen one of our boys get hurt out in the yard or, 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 or skin their knee and they run to daddy to fix it. They always run to mama. And it's amazing how a mom can just take her lips and kiss where the concrete has just scraped the hand and says and she'll kiss it and then all of a sudden it goes away. What's that? That's the power that God's put in you as a nurturer and as to, to create the home. Not only that, when he said that Eve was a um, when when Eve was the mother of all living, he prophesied really that she's an incubator. In other words, whatever he brings to her, she has the ability to incubate it and to create. Think about this: I bring home my 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 time that uh, my resources, and she incubates it. Uh, I bring home stuff from the grocery store. Come on, somebody, and she incubates it into a meal, right? That's, that's, that's woman's uh, uh, place in the house. Now, go to Proverbs chapter 31. This is, this is um, uh, the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, but also, I saw something fresh in here uh, when I was reading the other day. And this is, uh, this is Bathsheba's teaching to King Solomon. And so I want you to look at it afresh. Think about this. This is a mom sitting down, telling her son what he should look for in going to search for a wife. Now, I remember when I was in my early 20s, I was around 21, I told the Lord, I said, God, I'm ready to find my, I'm ready to find my wife. And so my dad didn't walk with the Lord. And, and so I had a book by my bed uh, by T.D. Jakes, the lady her lover and her Lord. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking every time my dad would see that, I'm thinking, Lord, please help, you know, don't let him think I'm struggling here. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to find out what I should look for when I look for a wife. And so Solomon is, is his mom has got him set down and Bathsheba's teaching him uh, how he should carry himself, what he should look for. And I, wanna, I want us to look at this right here this morning. It says, the words of King Lemuel uh, the utterance which his mother taught him. What my son, and what my son of my womb, and, and what son of my vows. Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. you got to think that Bathsheba is thinking about his father David. And David had the weakness when he saw her sunbathing on the rooftops. Come on. And she said, you've got to overcome that part that your dad was weak in. I want you to overcome that. Don't give your strength to women. Look at this now. And he said, is it not for kings, O Lemuel? Is it not for kings to drink wine, nor princes intoxicating drink? Lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless. Look at this. In the cause of all who are appointed to die, open your mouth and judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. Now she's telling him right here, who can find a virtuous wife? Look at this. This is what you're looking for. See, America says you look for the blonde. 
you look for this certain size or whatever. How many knows that beauty is only skin deep? And gravity is going to take a hold of all of us. Right? So you got to have more than that. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will not have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. Look at this. She considers a field and buys it for a profit. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and she strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to, to the... Uh, to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle she extends her hand to the poor yes she reaches out her hands to the needy look at this verse 21 she is not afraid of the snow for her all her household is clothed with scarlet this is what I was trying to say last night in ministry and in life we all know this the winter seasons are coming and she said, she said, Solomon, you got to look for a woman that not only has it on the outside, you got to look for a woman who has strong character on the inside, that when the winter seasons of life come, you can lean on her, and she's like a rock in the middle of the storm. My God, I figured I could get some help right here in a minute. I'm going to try to preach in a minute, okay? <clears throat> Y'all let me know when I start preaching. She's not afraid of the winter for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself and her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Look at this, my God. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. That's good. Right there. Now, let's look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. The power of a praying mom. How many had a mama that prayed for you? How many probably in church today because a mama prayed for you? Didn't give up on you. We were all prayed through. You know that, right? Look at this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. Without ceasing, I remember you in prayer, in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remember, look at this, the genuine faith that is in you, 
which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Listen. He said, Timothy, what I see in your life, it did not start with you. You had a grandmother that believed. Then you had a mother that believed. And that faith that I saw in that grandmother and I saw in your mother, it has been handed down to you. And I recognize it in your life. You just need someone to stir, you just need someone to stir it up. See, listen, church, we, we desperately need fathers and mothers today. Do you believe that? We desperately need it in the church. There's so many in society without godly homes that they go to. I thank God that uh, we have a godly home but listen there's plenty of other places that don't have godly homes and they need godly mothers and fathers to stand up and take their place and to call out the best in them Look, my wife teaches school and she'll tell you that some of them she just want to strangle you know what I'm saying but she knows deep down on the inside she might be the only voice that child hears to call out that greatness that God has in them and placed in them before the foundations of the earth So Timothy, this great young pastor that Paul recognized, had a mom that would pray, had a mom that would seek God. Listen, when we were there last night, that uh, 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 I heard Junior say um, that, um, talking about Stanton, and Stanton ain't always, I mean, he's always been a good kid, but he's goofed up like a lot of us have. We got a church full of angels. How many knows that there was a season, and we're all family in here if you've been here a long time, it's a season where things try to pull one way. See, as a mom, you can just say, well, you know, well, that's just him being a young man. Those things are going to pull. Or you can rise up and take your place and say, you know what, I refuse to allow this to pull him any other way. Come on now, I'm talking about the power of a praying mama right here. This is, what, this is what young Timothy had. He had a grandmother and he had a, and he had a mom named uh, Lois, Eunice. And he said, listen, I refuse to allow that child to be pulled one way other than the way I've destined him to go. There's power in prayer. When we lean down and we get on the altar for our kids, listen, there may be things that are coming to them at the middle school and at the high school and everything in this culture that is trying to shove them one way. Listen, they cannot outrun our prayer life. Look at this. I want to show you something in Judges. I'm talking about a powerful woman here this morning. We, we think women are some weak need. Listen, let me tell you something. They, women can outpray me in hand now most of the time. Come on now. Most of the work done in the church is done while women. We, 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 we can't praise women enough had it not been for them toting the load while we were still at the club. Come on, somebody. Where would we be? Most women are on the praise team. They're on the intercessor team. Come on. Thank God for the woman to praise. Listen, I remember one day we pulled up in the yard, me and the boys had been fishing, and I could hear something. I'm like, oh my God, I run in the house. I thought something was bad, wrong. I could hear Catherine hollering. When I went in there, she had the door, you know, the door was shut, and there was tears running out of her eyes. She was in, I mean, full-blown tongues, hollering at the roof. What was she doing? Listen, she's directing things in that house. She's standing as the woman in that house. Listen, a woman can feel the temperature in the house. The man don't care as long as the, as long as the news is on and the deer head still hanging straight on the wall. But God has placed in the woman the ability to, 
to feel the temperature in that house. And when that temperature begins to shift, you begin to pray in the spirit. You begin to call on God and say, God, I'm telling you right now, I feel something ain't right in this house. But I'm telling you, as the woman of this house, I take authority right here. I declare that my children go walk in the ways of God. I declare your word in Joel 2.28 that you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh. That my young children will prophesy and declare the works of the Lord. I declare right now that there's no demon and no, no addiction going to grab them, God. But they'll be addicted to the ministry of the saints. I declare that my children will be spirit-filled. They'll walk in all the ways of God. There's power in that. Hello. You cannot be somebody at your house and say, well, that's just going to happen. That's what the culture does. No. If that's your mindset, your child's fishing to carry the baby any sound winning doctrine. Judges chapter 4. Now this is the real deal lady right here. This is a real deal lady right here that I'm fixing to read about. I'm fixing to be done. We'll preach quick today. If, you see, if I preach in 30 minutes, you leave this place and say, God has done a miracle. I can preach in 30 minutes. I'm preaching 20 if I have to. Look at this. Judges chapter 4, you there? You know, I, I will say this about Catherine. That a lot of times she has the ability to feel things that I don't be feeling. Or I don't sense. Now let me say this. Say sometimes I disagree with her because I'm not standing up here and lying. I said, no, that ain't going to happen. Only to find out months later, it happens just the way she felt it. Woman is equipped with that. You know, man man does things, say, getting in touch with the feminine side. You don't have a feminine side. It was all pulled out of you. The only way you're going to ever get in touch with it is find the one God created you to be with. When I'm with her, looking into her eyes, I'm in touch with my feminine side. There's the other side of me. It was pulled out of you. Man was both male and female in the original. Adam, he created, right? You can't, you can't pull something out of something that is not already in it, right? And so when he put him asleep, he pulled Eve, that part of him, out. That's why as hard as two men, you can call them married whatever you want to. They can never create a child. They can't obey the first commandment when God said be fruitful and multiply. Two women can't do it either. You got to have a man involved somewhere. And the man's got to have the woman involved somewhere. Now think about this woman. This is where... This is a powerful lady right here I'm fixing to read. Judges chapter 4. This is the mindset of that, that we, our ladies, need to get and are getting. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered uh, Syria into your, into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went out down to Mount Tabar with 10,000 men following. And the Lord routed um, Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and flew away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far 
as Harris and Haglam and, and the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword, not a man was left. However, look at this, one of them escaped and had fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the house of Hebner, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, and turn aside to me. Do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I'm thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk and gave him drink and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you and says, Is there any man here? You shall say no. Then J.L. Heber's wife took a tent peg, look at this, and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple and when it went down into the ground for he was fast asleep and weary so he died and then as Barak pursued Sisera Jael came out to meet him and said to him come and I will show you the man whom you seek and when he went into her tent she lay uh, there lay Sisera's dead with the peg in his temple and so on that day God subdued uh, uh, Jabin king of Canaan in the presence of the children of Israel and the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against, against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. Don't tell me a housewife ain't got power. Here was an enemy came in her tent. She knew how to do business. Mom, I came to tell you there's power in your prayers. I said there's power in your prayers. I said there's power in your prayer life. You have the ability to put a tent peg through the enemy that's chasing your children. We do not have to settle. I do not believe boys will be boys. I do not believe that our children has got to go sow a bunch of wild oats and then make around the curve and then come back to God. I believe that our kids can serve God from day one. I believe our kids can remain a virgin if they're 35 when they get married. Come on, somebody. It's going to have to be somebody willing to put a tent peg in the ground. Notice it was a stake. A stake is what something that holds something together. This woman knew the word. The word is your stake. Come on, somebody. The word is what you ground your house with. You put into the ground. Like Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, he says, For what? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now I'm fixing to read you two poems and I'm done, but I'm going to show you the power of when a husband and wife are in agreement and they're willing to take a stand on their property. All right. Listen to this. This is a poem by Christina Moss. It's called Motherhood. My willingness... To carry life is the revenge, the antidote, the great rebuttal of every murder, every abortion, and every genocide. I sustain humanity deep inside me. Life grows. I am death's opposition. I have pushed back the hand of darkness today. I have caused there to be a weakening tremor among the ranks of those set on earth's destruction. Today a vibration that calls angels to attention echoed throughout time. Our laughter threatened hell today. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. 
I dined with the greats of God's army. I made their meals and tied their shoes today. I walked with greatness, and when they were tired, I carried them. I have poured myself out for the cause today. It is finally quiet, but life stirs inside of me, gaining strength. The pulse of life sends a constant reminder to both good and evil that I have yielded myself to heaven and now carry its dream. No angel has ever had such a privilege, nor any man. I'm humbled by the honor. I am great with destiny. I birthed the freedom fighters in the great war. I am a leader of the underground resistance. I smile at the disguise of my troops surrounded by a host of warriors. Destiny swirling, invisible yet tangible, and the anointing to alter history. Our footsteps marking land for conquest, we move undetected throughout the common places. Today I was the barrier between evil and innocence. I was the gatekeeper watching over the hope of man kind and no intruder trespass. There is not an hour of day or night when I turn from my post. The fierceness of my love is unmatched on earth. And because I smiled instead of frowned, instead of a frown, the world would know the power of grace. Hope has feet and it will run to the corners of the earth because I stood up against destruction. I am a woman. I am a mother. I am the keeper and sustainer of life here on earth. Heaven stands in honor of my mission. No one else can carry my call. I'm the daughter of Eve and Eve has been redeemed. I am the opposition of death. I am a woman. That is powerful. Those little children that we're looking at, that the housewife is staring at every day, we never know the destiny that is lying within them. They just need someone to call them out. Come on, someone. They just need someone to pray over them and declare, listen, you're awesome. You can do all things in Christ which strengthens you. I don't care what the world has to say. Let me tell you what God says over you. God says that you are, you're, you're more than a conqueror in Christ. You can do anything that your heart is set out to do. Now, I want to read you this other one. How many's ever heard of Jonathan Edwards? How many's ever heard of Jonathan Edwards? Raise your hands high like you ain't ashamed. Jonathan Edwards. Classic sermon. Sinners in the hand of angry God sparked the great awakening. Jonathan was married to a lady named Sarah, Sarah Edwards. She's born of a very wealthy family in Connecticut. Two of them were married. I think she was age 17 when they married. They had 11 children. Jonathan was one of the preachers that helped spark the Great Awakening with George Whitfield and others. So he was busy in the ministry. Highly educated man. Uh, Sarah's father was one of the founders of Yale University. And so this is the prominent family that she come under. But Sarah was really not as much in the forefront as Jonathan was with the ministry. She was really one that stayed in the back, just kind of behind the scenes. But she was the one tending to the children and raising the family. Now, imagine having 11 children in the 1700s. First of all, giving birth to that many kids. They didn't have Demerol or the, what, what you call it, the... the the epidural 
uh, on our first child catch, she, she was, uh, I remember Christy Mullis handing her all these uh, magazines above rubies where these women were having 15, 20 kids, you know. And uh, so I'd, I would take the magazine, she'd bring it home with a lady had like 10 kids and I, I'd quickly try to hide that magazine, you know. But, um, but anyhow, uh, so she got. She said, I think, so we've got ready to have Grant. She said, I think that I'm going to have him natural. She said, we're just going to do a natural childbirth, you know, want no medicine or nothing. I said, okay, the time we made it there. But when she got about four or five, you know, she was ready for anything they had in there. You know, just street drugs, whatever you got, you know. Um, she's ready for the, the. So Sarah gave birth to 11 kids. She's in the background. And. Think about no, no large washing machine. No shit for Adidas to throw in a pan and get it together. She's in the, she's in the, just whatever. And sometimes, you know, we, because we all are trying to figure out, we all trying to to size people up. What do they do? We ask a woman that stays at home and trying to make, oh, what, what do you do? Do you work? Anybody's got kids know this is work. Our washing dryers always going. You don't come to the house when they ain't going. They be in the pool, then now they gone fishing. They go through four things and close the day. And so she's there and she's pouring her life into them. And I want to read you this right here. Sarah Edwards poured her life into raising her children. Although Jonathan helped, Sarah did most of the parenting. She prayed constantly for her children, even before they were born and regularly taught and regularly taught them the Word of God. Devotions were one of the Edwards family's top priorities. All throughout their childhood, Sarah cried out to the Lord on her children's behalf. Her diligence paid off as the Edwards children grew into adulthood, and all of them became known for their intelligence and strong character. The Edwards children were also quite accomplished. Their resumes read like the who's who of the late of the 1700s. Jonathan and Sarah's daughter, Esther married Aaron Burr, Princeton's first president, and Esther's son, Aaron Burr Jr., was the third vice president of the United States under President Thomas Jefferson. Before becoming vice president, he was a successful lawyer and politician. He served as an attorney general and as a senator. Jonathan and Sarah's daughter, Mary Edwards, married Timothy, Tim, Timothy Dwight, son of uh, son of the famed educator Timothy Dwight Jr., the eighth president of Yale College. The Dwight family history includes a long list of professors and educators and authors and ministers. The Edwards' son, Jonathan, graduated from Princeton where he studied theology. He was a tutor and a pastor. Then he became president of Union College. Um, Pierpont was the youngest son he became a dele the delegate to the American Continental Congress. He was also a United States federal judge and center. senator. Sarah Edwards' legacy is outstanding. By the year 1900, the descendants, look at this. By the year 1900, the descendants of Sarah and Jonathan included 13 college presidents, 65 professors, 100 lawyers, 30 judges, 66 physicians, 80 holders of public office, a publisher, 135 editors, and more than 100 missionaries overseas. In 1900, a man named A.E. Winship studied the life of two contrasting families. One family had a drain on society, and the others was the Edwards family. He wrote, whatever this family has done, it has done ably 
and nobly and much of the capacity and talent intelligence and character of more than 1400 of the Edwards family much of those good qualities is due to Sarah Edwards the other guy you can go home and google this there was a man by the name of Max Jukes who was uh, just a town drunk and and him and his wife never prayed never believed in God that is the that is the study that was done by that AE wins the of the other family that he found and that just how many people have been incarcerated in his family. What are you saying? I'm saying this. The power of one woman's prayer life birthed over 100 missionaries one year later. All of the lawyers, all of the college graduates, one woman's prayer life. You never know, Miss Karen, what's in that classroom you're speaking over every day. We never know what's up that nursery running the halls. Listen, what if we're going to see the revival that we believe that God is moving in the earth and is going all over the earth, the only place in Europe and America is yet to see what God is doing in other places of the earth. If we're going to see it, we have got to see the other side of the army employed and deployed. And we have to honor them for who they are. Come on now. We have to see them come and take their place of who God called them to be. Kathy, I want to personally say this today. I thank you for every time that you give up your time, your money to sow into the lives and to provide something for the women to connect in this church. You are a vital role in this church. You are a vital role in this church. A vital role in this church. Mom, your prayer life is changing things. Don't you give up. I don't care which way that child tries to run. Are you with me now? Listen, they will come around. Stanton is the proof. Cleve is the proof. Come on, Jesse Batts is the proof. Look at the little ones that were running now that are rising to the forefront to lead this thing. You watched it before your, before your eyes happened. The power of one woman's prayer life. Listen, to most people, Sarah Edwards probably looked like a housewife. Just was the backbone. You know, Jonathan was the preacher. Listen, he was only the public communicator. The real ministry was going at home right behind him. You make the house, Mom. You what make, you, you're the one that makes it. Catherine, bless her heart, she lives with me, three boys, and even our dog is a male, Bo, and he's hard-headed as me. But the greatest gift she's ever given me is those three boys. I'm in debt to her for a lifetime for those three boys that she's given me. I, uh, there's not a day that goes by that I don't thank God for her, my family, and where we're at. Listen, I'm a great communicator, but she's a solid rock. When I'm in the storm and when I want to throw in the towel, she's the one that's there saying, John, just keep going. Just keep plowing. That's the power of a woman. That's what I see in you. When I look at you, I see me at 22 years old, full of passion, full of hope and dreams, full of just, man, I'm going to shake the world for Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I see in you, life. You're, you're just a solid, just, I see some, I, I know that, the way you was raised and all that but I do see deep inside your heart you're fine with the simple and that's what just gives me great just Catherine's fine with the simple it doesn't matter listen do, 
That's just, a, that's just a powerful woman. I want to just stand you up right here. If you'll stand up right here, I'm going to pray over you today. I'm going to let you go eat with your moms and go enjoy your day. Today's your day, okay? Tomorrow you got to get back to washing the clothes and cooking supper. Hey, I believe I'm a preacher of the gospel today. I told you this. I love my dad, but my dad had a terrible weakness. He was alcoholic when I was little. My mom was a solid source in that house. And her singing on that karaoke machine, every, every morning I woke up, she was singing Southern Gospel. The gospel's the gospel, friend, if it's being sung or preached. Are you with me? It was sowing seeds in that teenage boy that was laying back there in that bed. And I heard she was just a solid, she was just a solid place in our house. So, Father, I thank you for every mother in this room. I thank you for the women of this church. I thank you that there's powerhouses in this room. There's powerful women in this room. There's the jails that'll stand up and put a tent peg through the enemy if he comes to attack their house. I thank you that we have these records that we can read of the Sarah Edwards. We can read of the Deborahs. We can read of the Priscillas and all the ones and the Aquilas of the Bible. God, we can read of the Marys that said, let it be unto us according to your word. Let it be unto me according to your word. And Father, I just thank you today for blessing the women of this house. We honor them. All of us standing, we honor them for they are the carrier of life, God. And Lord, we honor them for who they are today and I ask your blessings over every family in this room this morning God I'm asking as we leave this place Lord and we go spend times with our loved ones God let us cherish these moments let us cherish these days in Jesus mighty name amen and amen listen God bless you you go enjoy yourself listen Wednesday night see you here we back in the series we're preaching on the on the weapons and we're going to be preaching about the name of Jesus Wednesday night God bless you see you then Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.